Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and then also two verses in chapter 6. You know, this is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus was speaking. If you have the red letter edition, it's all red. Jesus is the one that is preaching. Matthew 5, let's begin at verse 43, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. Matthew 5, verse 43. And you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now turn over to chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father Forgive your trespasses. Just a few days ago, we were at a funeral of my brother-in-law's brother, and I heard it said there that life is not fair. Life is not fair. What he was referring to, I believe, is lives that are taken so suddenly that they can't say goodbye or those that are taken so young. The story is told, and this happened a number of years ago, and I had, I had made reference, uh, recorded it, of a young Korean man, after graduating from Seoul National University, came to America to study at the University of Pennsylvania. And one evening on his way to mail a letter, he was stopped by a gang of 11 teenagers looking for money. They just wanted a few dollars to go to a dance. But the Korean young man didn't have money on him. And unbelievable, in their rage, they killed him, beat him to death. The murder shocked the city of Philadelphia. Most people felt those culprits should get the severest of punishment that the law would Give. But on the other side of the world, the parents of this young Korean boy viewed the tragedy quite differently. In fact, they sent a letter to Philadelphia authorities that made quite a stir. They wrote that they had set up a fund in their country to be used for religious education. Uh, vocations and social guidance for these very teenagers that had killed their son. And they also asked for leniency in the laws that would be given to those who had committed this terrible criminal action. 
There's power in forgiveness. Forgiveness is not just a one-time act. It's a way of life. It's meant to bring each of us into the very blessing, the blessed life that Christ offers to us. Notice again there verses uh, 44 and 45 in chapter 5. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. According to Jesus, forgiveness is not a matter for us just to pick and choose who we will forgive and who we will not. We cannot say, you've hurt me so much, I'm not going to forgive you. I've heard those words as people shared the pain they experienced. Jesus says, for if you love those that love in return, you're no different than the unbelievers around you. You know, it doesn't matter really who we have a grudge against. If we hold on to it, then bitterness is going to set in. And in time, it begins to poison every part of your life. Unforgiveness brings a spiritual famine, a weakness, a loss of faith. Because you're not the only one affected. Have you ever been around a very bitter person? It doesn't take you long till you hear it and you can sense it. Because unforgiveness shows on your face. You can't hide that. In fact, I heard of a pastor that told me one time that he knew of a man that was so eaten up with bitterness and rage that in a fit of rage dropped over death from a heart attack. Eventually killing him. And so on the flip side, though, I have seen the beauty of forgiveness, of restoration. I may have shared this before in our former church. There was two dear brethren in the church. I loved them both dearly. And yet there was a feud between them. One night, Sunday evening, we had an altar call. We were around the altar praying. And I usually sat behind the altar and here these two brethren came right in front of me. And they were both praying, and I'm not even sure which one, but one of them at the end of the prayer turned to the other one and put his arm around him and he said, I forgive you. And they embraced. And I was able to reach up and just hug both of them. What a beautiful thing that forgiveness can be. Recently I heard of a man who was a very intelligent uh, man, worked for a chemical company, um, did an excellent job for 27 some years down near Philly, Langhorne, Pennsylvania. And on his 25th anniversary at the company, they took him out for a, a river cruise and a beautiful meal, and they just heaped all kinds of praise and thanks upon him. And he was such a quiet sort of guy, I can imagine he probably was uncomfortable. But just two years later, after that anniversary, he went into work one day, and the boss uh, Somebody said that the boss wants you to see in his office, and so he just assumed it was the project that he was working on. He had, he had worked some chemical miracles, I guess, and, and the company was making 
a lot of profit from his work, and so he thought, well, they'll just want to talk about the latest project. And so he went in, and the boss looked at him. He said, get your coat, you're, you're leaving today. And he was so shocked. He said, don't even go to the office. We'll send your things to you. Well, he went home totally dismay, but then he heard then what was happening. They were off-sourcing jobs to India to cut costs. Now, I knew this man personally. He was a very kind gentleman, very uh, intellect and well-liked. But harsh treatment like this certainly would have given him an opportunity to be bitter. But you know what? He chose not to be bitter. He thanked God, rather, for the 27 wonderful years he had. Now, on a side note, he was an avid fisherman, and he thought, it's time to retire. I can do a lot of fishing. But he forgave the injustice that was done to him and handled it and moved on. And it wasn't hard for him to pick up part-time work with his degree. And eventually, that very company closed the doors and moved everything to India. But forgiveness is the best way to handle injustices and those unkind things that come to all of us. I don't think there's a one here today that can say, well, I've never been treated unfair. It comes to every one of us. And so the Lord is there to help us in those times. Forgiveness transforms a person. It helps you to have the joy of the Lord showing through your life. It causes the windows of heaven to open, as it were. And God pours out his blessings upon you until your spiritual cup is full to overflowing. And you can enjoy abundance of peace and joy and rest in the Holy Spirit because you know you've done the right thing. Now, did I say it's easy? No. That's why we need the Lord's help. There are those times that things have happened to us maybe for years. And humanly speaking, you think, how is it possible that we're getting Those are the times of miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and what helps us through. And so what he's saying here, full forgiveness and confession of sin requires us then to have that forgiving spirit. And as I've said, I've heard people say, I'll never forgive so-and-so for what they did to me. Well, I can guarantee you that individual is going to be the loser in the long run. You heard me say this before, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It doesn't work that way. Holding on to unforgiveness is like an unconfessed sin in your life. We must forgive and forget and let go of grudges. Anything less is not true repentance. Who's our greatest example? It's Jesus Christ. Even while he hung on the cross, suffering and dying, he looked at those that were killing him. He said, Father, don't hold this against me. I think that's ultimate mercy and forgiveness. And this is what he taught us here in the Sermon of the Mount. Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. 
Again, his point was that we forgive others. It is then that we can move on into the blessings and the joys of sonship. God wants to pour out a greater blessing into your life as you're obedient and follow him. You see, forgiveness, I believe, reflects the true nature of God's children. <clears throat> when you forgive, you're revealing God's nature within you to others. Turn with me to Luke chapter 6 in your Bibles. I want to read a few verses there. Luke chapter 6. Let's look at verses 35 through 38. Again, we see here the words of Jesus. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. For your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Again, Jesus is giving us the command to forgive our enemies. There in Matthew, we read, read chapter 5, verse 44. Jesus saying that an enemy is someone who has cursed you, hated you, used you, or persecuted you. By his definition, we have enemies not only in the world, but sad to say, even within the church at times. Because I guess we're all human beings. I've heard of people that held unforgiveness even against someone who is no longer living. They've carried it for years. Yes, all their lives. Their joy was hindered. Their prayer life was hindered. Times haven't seemed like grass to them. One such person shared their testimony and they began to understand what was causing the problem in their life. And so they began to seek God and to pray and to read the word, asking God to work this forgiveness in their heart that they could forgive whoever that was. You know what? They said, slowly the bitterness began to leave. And today they're walking in blessing because God gave them strength to overcome and to forgive. Joy is released to us as we continually reach out to others. I thank God for having seen that myself, experienced it in my life, and I'm sure you have, or maybe you know someone has had. We give God the glory. Colossians 3, verse 13 reads, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Now, in that one verse, we see two things, the bearing and the forgiving. The bearing means ceasing from all acts and thoughts of revenge. Didn't God say, I will revenge? Let's let that up to him. Don't take matters into your own hands. Instead, endure the hurt and lay down the incident, giving it over to God. The second concept is also found in the Proverbs writer, as there in chapter 24, verse 29. Do not say I will do to him as he has done to me. 
I will repay the man back for what he has done. That never works. I believe the cold shoulder approach pays the person back, but it's holding a grudge against them. You know the story out of 1 Samuel chapter 25 of David. King Saul is persecuting him, and David and his men were fleeing uh, the countryside, and they were out hiding in the woods, and they were taking care and protecting a man's property, his, his herds, and cattle, and sheep. This name was Nabal. Nabal. And they did this free of charge all the time, never even took one sheep. While their families were running out of their provisions. And so David asked, and the servants going to ask for some food in exchange for what they had done to protect his vast herds. But Nabal failed to see the value in this and just mocked and made fun of David and his men. In fact, he called David a runaway slave. Well, this enraged David and called him into action. And so he took 200 armed men and they set out for Nabal's ranch, intending to take revenge against this man. But Nabal was blessed. He had a wife, Abigail, had more common sense than he did. She immediately called her servants together, got food and, and provisions, and rushed to intervene. And she was aware of her husband's lack of discernment and common sense. In fact, the name of Nabal means foolish. He cares little for others, only for his own welfare and selfish ways. Well, Abigail met David and his men coming down the road. And the scripture says she got off of her donkey horse, I forget which, and crossed him down on the ground, laid in front of him, begging for forgiveness and mercy. And then she began to share all the goodies she had there with him and, and told out of her heart of wisdom and encouragement that this is what God wanted for David. And David realized God sent her to keep him from doing a terrible act of wrong. And this actually helped David later on, I believe, in using forbearance when they found King Saul asleep in a cave. His men said, okay, you have him, kill him, and get rid of your enemy. And David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed, because he knew that King Saul was set up as king and had God's anointing, at least in the very beginning. And such wise actions put enemies to shame. You know, when the king realized, I believe, remember the story that David cut a little piece off of his robe, went to yonder mount, a hill, and hollered over that he had a piece of the road. He said, I could have killed you, and I didn't. Saul said, you're a better man. You're more righteous than I am. Good always wins out. And so, it puts enemies to shame to know the human heart it just can't understand such a pure response. So in addition to bearing, our forgiveness must come from the heart. We're to love our enemies and pray for them. Have you tried that lately? Just this morning as I was in prayer, I thought of a situation that happened to me 
And you're grateful. But I pray for those dear people. God will bless them and encourage them. I forgive them long ago, but you know what? I'll be honest with you. There's a little twinge of hurts in there. We don't like to be mistreated. We don't like to be lied about. But it happens. And as believers, we must let go. Matthew 5, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who who spitefully use you, persecute you. A wise man once said that if you can pray for your enemies, you can do the rest. I think there's truth to that. When you pray for those who hurt you, ask Jesus to help you to bear that pain and that desire to defend yourself. Give it to God. I've counseled people to go and try to make peace. And praise the Lord, oftentimes there's a good outcome, but have you ever gone to someone and said, would you please forgive me? And they're like this. I've had that happen. You know what? You leave it with them. You've done your part. And God will give peace to you. Remember who's the final judge anyways. It's God himself. We know that forgiveness is never easy. But it is required of us. And Jesus said we're to love our enemies. The Greek word there for love does not mean affection. Rather, it's a moral understanding. It's a moral decision to remove that hatred out of your heart. Simply put, forgiving someone is not a matter of stirring up human love and affection for them. We all have those people in life that have a Sandpaper personality, I don't know how else to say it. They're hard to be around. Now, they're probably not going to be your best friend. But we still have to appreciate them and treat them as a Christian should. Have you ever had someone absolutely disturbed you the wrong way? You said, Lord, how can I ever love that person? That's the time you go to the Lord and say, Lord, love them through me. I can't do it without your grace and your help. And so let's follow instructions of God's word this morning. I don't know your life. I don't know if this message was for someone here today. It's helped me. Let's obey what God tells us. That you can live a blessed and a comforting life as you allow God's peace to come and fill you. Amen. Amen. As the worship team come now. Uh,